1: And welcome to the model podcast coming to you from Models One in partnership with Studio 71. Now in our 50th year, Models One is the most established agency in Europe and we would like to share with you how our world works through this series which will feature exclusive interviews and conversations with our models, talent, colleagues and friends in fashion in this episode of the model podcast we are talking to quite iconic caroline rush head of the british fashion council caroline oversees the british fashion industry's activities within the domestic and international markets providing integral support for emerging and established designers and attracting foreign buyers and investors she began her long term collaboration with the British Fashion Council, providing creative and marketing solutions for London Fashion Week in 1998. Having joined the BFC as chief executive in 2009, Caroline immediately oversaw the council's relocation to Somerset House in central London as part of the 25th anniversary celebration. How are you? And good morning, you, early. You do feel like a bit of a celeb in our world, it has to be said. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I was pretty excited by today, Caroline. <laughs> I know, Aww. not not to put uh, you know too much emphasis on on this interview. Okay, today. <laughs> pressure's on there. Right? <laughs> I mean, it'd be great. I think for our listeners, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and you know how you got into the role and, and what led you to this position. Sure. So um,
2: I've been at the British Fashion Council ten years this year. Wow. Which has absolutely flown by. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, as I was a communications advisor um, working with the British Fashion Council, um, helping them figure out what their com strategy looked like as they were. Really refocusing the organization and looking at what the British Fashion Council could be for the future. So it was a really exciting time. Um, and then I got offered the job in the back of a cab by the then uh, CEO who was working on a pro bono basis, an incredible lady called Hilary Reaver, um, who actually led the charge with the whole. Do you remember the model health inquiry? She yes, was yes, led I do. the charge with all of um, that. And um, Uh, She gave me Christmas to think about it, and by January I was like, I'm in.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Never looked back. Exactly. So um, straight into your role then within the BFC, um, you're responsible for planning some of the top events, obviously, in British fashion, um, including London Fashion Week itself. Um, So... Can you tell us a little bit about what the first step is about putting on such an event like London Fashion Week?
2: Yeah, so the British Fashion Council organise five global fashion events a year, so mm-hmm. full fashion week, two men's wear, two women's wear and the fashion awards, which is the global celebration of creativity and innovation, which of course puts uh, British fashion right at the heart of that. Um, and um, and so we're constantly in our office, it always seems like fashion week because we're always <laughs> in either planning constantly, or constantly. delivery phase. Um And our role is very much as a central organiser, so making sure that we are curating and organising the schedule. Uh, we organise a guest programme, so we're always in contact with the key international media, retailers, creatives to come to London Fashion Week. Um, and then, of course, think about sort of the branding and the comms around that, what we My want to God. use these
0: platforms
1: for. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, how... How do you even begin to stay focused with, with all of that going on? In a way, is that when
2: you have so much to deliver, is that it makes you become really organised? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure in my personal life; I'm quite as organised. As I am at work. You tend to have two different sides, don't you? Yeah. Um, but at work is that I am, uh, yeah, super organised and uh, have an incredible team. You just couldn't deliver it without an amazing team who are committed. To really delivering the best global events yeah. from the UK and something that our British fashion industry can be proud of. Amazing.
1: And is it and is it something that is constant for you, or do you guys ever get sort of a bit of light relief? Is there ever a break? No, there's no. never a break. Um,
2: <laughs> it's quite funny, is that when it's. Uh, Sort of after fashion week, people are like, oh, well, you know, what do you do now? So uh, when it's not fashion week is that we, uh, of course, are planning and delivering for the next big event and the event beyond that. But we also work with a lot of young designer businesses Mm -hmm. So there's the whole sort of scouting for young talent. There's uh, raising the money to make sure that we can support uh, that talent. Of uh, putting in place an army of mentors uh, that can help designer fashion businesses grow and um, and really get to that point where they're sustainable businesses that are able to continue to grow on their own. And uh, so there's uh, always a million different projects. We also work quite a lot with the colleges. Uh, looking at the pathway of talent coming through, so everything from education, looking oh at business to the global reputation of our I industry. I mean, it's
1: literally nonstop for you. It is, but every Why day do you is look different. Because so you know, everyone—I think everyone listening should know. I mean, it's quite early here today. Caroline's joined us at the beginning of her day, and yeah, you—you look—you look fresh as a daisy. I yeah. think I'd be exhausted looking just constantly <laughs> like, how am I doing this? You're very kind. <laughs> I'm not sure that I do, but. Um,
2: no, it's that, you know, every day is different. Yeah. And it's, uh, we get to work in an industry that's incredibly inspiring mm-hmm. uh, with really creative individuals, uh, with fantastic entrepreneurs and business leaders. And so you're challenged and inspired on a daily basis. It's, amazing.
1: it's, it's, a, it's Honestly, after t- like, I don't know what I expected, but after 10 years, it is lovely to hear still, there's still such passion behind everything that you do. It's really amazing. Um, I want to talk to you about LVMH because they're launching their very first brand in 30 years. Of course, the Rihanna's, uh, Rihanna's Fenty line. Um, But she has talked about she's not going to sort of, you know, show it within Fashion Week. You know, it's all about these sort of these pop up events and, you know, um, other unique events. And I think more and more younger designers seem to be sort of going down that path. I mean, what do you make of that? What do you think? What impact do you think, for example, that would have on places uh, on events like Fashion Week?
2: Well, I think it's a really exciting and interesting mm-hmm. time for the fashion industry is that, you know, we're probably the first organization to question whether you need to do a fashion show. Mm-hmm. Everyone assumes that we're literally flogging, you've got to do a show, you've got to do a show. Mm-hmm. But when a young business comes to talk to us, the first thing we say is, do you really need to do a show? Yeah. You know, are there other ways to do this? There are fantastic digital platforms mm-hmm. out there that can help you connect with both a trade and consumer audience. Uh, but for some businesses, fashion weeks work really well, yeah. is that, you know, if they They have an incredible point of view. They want to show a collection to a very focused audience, but also use those incredible images you know for a six months of the year to talk about the collection mm-hmm. to um uh sort of invigorate the customer to engage with the product to generate all of that um social hype around that moment in time is that it can actually work as a really good return on investment mm-hmm. but we're very open to new platforms mm-hmm. and um uh, yeah is that encourage more and more businesses to think about doing just what's right for their business
1: brilliant um so digital media um sometimes i know you sort of spoke was likely lightly about digital there but digital media has made it a bit more difficult for consumers to understand the current model of releasing designer collections three to four months after being shown during fashion week do you, do you think the show is probably ready for some change in that regard um so this is a conversation that seems to have been happening
2: for a long time, um, is that the role of the the fashion show is that has definitely changed. So it used to be before, you know, all of these incredible uh, social platforms. And I feel like such a granny when I talk to sort of young designers or even um, sort of the graduates that join us at the British Fashion Council and talk about the days before Instagram. They're like, oh, my God, that happened. <laughs> um Uh, but is that, you know, the fashion shows did used to be closed and they were for a very sort of uh, niche vip audience that were very focused on telling the story about the designer fashion industry in the four key capitals of the world that has changed so much um but i think for british businesses particularly where we're known for so many young creative businesses is that digital platforms are are like a gift (laughs) they're such a fantastic opportunity because immediately they can talk to a direct consumer audience they can tell their story um, and they can can, uh, continue a narrative so that when they do have product that drops whether that's through a fashion show or whether it's through sort of multiple product drops and experiences or pop-up shots whatever it might be is that they can communicate with their fans with their audience and tell them about it and give them an opportunity to engage amazing
1: you spearheaded the BFC Vogue Designer Fashion Fund. Um, For those that are listening, um, could you tell tell us a little bit more about that, what it is and um, why its creation really was so important to you? So the British Fashion Council has quite a few designer
2: support schemes. Um, New Gen is actually our oldest. It started in 1993 supporting a young designer of the day called uh, Lee McQueen um, to be able to show his collection to international buyers at the Ritz. And since then New Gen has gone on to support a lot of the design it's actually the show at London Fashion Week, the likes of Christopher Kane and Roxander and Peter Plotter, Mary Transu you know, all of these uh, fantastic shows. Um, but is that what we realized is that there was a gap uh, after New Gen, really, which is for sort of three years of support. Uh, to continue supporting these businesses. So we now have NewGen. Uh, after New gen designers can apply for um, grants through an initiative called the BFC Fashion Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the BFC Vogue Designer Fashion Fund and the GQ BFC GQ Menswear Fund mm-hmm. that are the big cash prizes, really, and an opportunity to really shout about the next big uh, creative business or the next business that has the potential to grow and uh, develop
1: with fantastic mentorship. Amazing. And um, I mean, can you name any sort of young British designers at the moment that we should be looking out for? Or? Well,
2: I guess is that uh, you need to look at those um, designer support schemes. Yeah. So we announced the BFC Vogue Designer Fashion Fund winner mm-hmm. as Grace Wells Bonner. Yeah. What an incredible young designer is that literally days after she dressed the Duchess of Sussex when she came out and held Baby Archie. Um, but her creativity I think has been recognised through her collaborations with Dior, with her yeah. uh, fantastic partnership. She's incredibly focused in terms Of what she wants to do creatively. And now there's an opportunity to put a team of fantastic advisors around her to help her grow her business. Wow, you know, it's a real privilege to yeah. be able to help businesses um in this way and to really support these incredible creative talents that we have in this country.
1: Amazing. Yes. I mean, it sounds incredible to be honest. <laughs> um now this is like a question I know it's so I can almost feel like the sigh I'm about to say it. Okay, I'm getting the sigh ready. Tell me. <laughs> so obviously Brexit it's been on all of our minds. It's all our country's talking about. Um, obviously, me being the international scout at Models One, it's like all I think about every day. <laughs> um, of course, we all have our concerns. But, I mean, how do you feel it's going to impact the BFC, you know, the fashion model has, themselves, I should say, and, and the industry, I suppose, as a whole? So big since, question. <laughs> yeah, big question.
2: Since the referendum, we've been hosting a whole series of roundtables, um, with businesses talking about what the challenges are going to be and then communicating that to the government Mm -hmm. either through white papers, through direct consultation uh, through um, various different uh, committees and collectively through an organisation called the Creative Industries Council Um, is um, essentially is that we've been really clear around what the challenge is. We love the fact in the fashion industry that we are truly international we really enjoy the freedom that we have to travel to the UK, to access talent, um, to travel to the EU, sorry, um, and access talent from the EU. And of course, is that any change to that uh, causes us a lot of concern. Um, I guess is that as uh, an industry is that we trade globally. So we know that we can adapt. It's just having a very clear understanding of what uh, the terms of Brexit are going to be. And, of course, in light of, you know, the (laughs) PN stepping down. (laughs) um, You know, we've literally just come out of the results from uh, the European elections, is that... it's very, very unclear. And I think that's the biggest challenge for businesses is not knowing what to do and um, and how to prepare. And already we've seen with some of the bigger businesses who've moved their warehousing already to the EU really? because they have to. Yeah. you know, They can't just wait to say, oh, actually, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We've sorted that out. We're going to stay in the customs union. Of course. Um, is that they have to plan for the
1: future. Um, and that's really sad. It is. That is really sad. And obviously, like for us with the models, I suppose it's, you know, the thought of it not being so easy or like London not being or being considered a secondary market, I think is, is, is really, is really sad as well. I mean, that's one of the things that yeah. seems to bother me I
2: think well. the thing that we need to work on is that, uh, to make sure that London remains yeah. a really important global fashion capital, yeah. you know, creatively, it's going to continue to be a major player, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the industry. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure that we can, uh, Encourage whether it's uh, the media, the stylists, the creatives, the models to be here to make sure that that continue to grow. Um, Of course, is that we've been working um, with the team at Models One and lots of the other big agencies in terms of model visas to make sure, you know, even sort of um, without Brexit, we knew that there were challenges for models outside of the EU to Mm -hmm. get access. Yeah. Uh, to the UK and already we've made great strides in that so we are feeling probably more confident than maybe would have been a few years ago that there's opportunity to engage and put policies in place to make sure that that is achievable.
1: I mean to talk about um, your um, affiliation with the BFMA obviously it's 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 helped us massively and and obviously that we we will never like We'll always owe you guys a big one for that one. Um, (laughs) um, But of course, we are talking about the BFMA, which is the British Fashion Model Agents Association, Mm -hmm. um, which aims to manage and protect models in an ethical and fair manner. Mm -hmm. Um, what, What does your involvement then in this initiative really mean to you guys at the BFC?
2: Well, I think our role is an opportunity to share the views of industry, um, with the agencies uh, to act as that sounding board um, but also to help bring everyone together under one roof to be able to speak collectively to government and um, And uh, as I said, is that we've had some great successes around that and um, bringing in other individuals, uh, whether it's established models or um, stylists, editors around the table with the agencies to talk around sort of some of the challenges uh, from both sides has been really productive. And it led to things like putting separate changing backstage at Fashion Weeks. Um, uh, to make sure that things like the model zone during Fashion Week is offering the right kind of support, uh, to talk about how maybe we all uh, collectively engage with equity to make sure that there's standardised information given out to models. Um, so I think that it's been a really positive thing, even though it's relatively new, um, and there's opportunity for more change that will only benefit
1: models for the future. How I mean, how do you think um, the treatment of models has changed then, really? throughout the years I mean even your time at the BFC have you seen a massive change in the sort of treatment of models then over the last 10 years
2: well at the top I talked about um, Hilary Reaver who started yeah. um, at that awful time when the Brazilian models um, sadly died um, and um, it led to a whole inquiry around body image around the pressure on models um, and that was the model health inquiry yes. and actually that gave us some really strong foundation so I was sort of on the comms side at that point yeah. in time but it gave us a really solid understanding of some of the key challenges, how they should be addressed um, and also culturally how we can maybe change. And we know that to change culture it doesn't happen overnight. This is something that is a continued dialogue. I think we're in a much better place now than we were ten years ago. I think people really do recognise that models are a significant part of the image making. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hope is- so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But I think maybe in the past it was dismissed that they're almost as a commodity. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I think now the model is very much a valued part of that creative process. Again, back to digital. I think the fact that models have a voice has yeah. um, given them an opportunity opportunity to speak out when maybe they're not treated in that way um, and i think it has really given an opportunity for the industry to um, to champion those businesses that are professional and maybe shine a light on those that aren't and that can only be good for young models and young people coming through in the industry to know actually who they should be working with and to make sure that they're working with really credible agencies to build yeah. their career amazing
1: So you've been recognised, Caroline, for your um, drive to integrate and push the bounds of digital media within fashion. Um, when did you first realise then that digital was the way forward for the industry? Um well, I think God, the question. Where? To, when?
2: When did I? Um, when was that exact light
1: bulb moment?
2: I think the fact that I come from a communications background is that I saw with the advent of you know MySpace originally, yeah. um, but then exactly, but then <laughs> Facebook and YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, which then, of course, then you have sort of Instagram mm-hmm. and Snapchat, um, is that there was just a really great opportunity to share information in a really free way and allow people to comment and to engage and that's something particularly when you come from a traditional communications background where you're always it's sort of you know a very sort of two-way stream where you're talking to media or you know it's advertising and there's a very sort of push mentality in terms of information and immediately there was this opportunity for a two-way dialogue which again back to the incredible creative businesses that we have is that they're just natural communicators a lot of them they've got so much fantastic visual content that they can share whether it's in the studio or the mood boards or the things that they're finding inspirational um, right the way through to backstage at the shows and you know the views that actually people even people sat front row don't normally get to see and um and it's been a fantastic opportunity so for me it was just how do we embrace that how do we embrace that yet still recognize the credibility of the fashion journalists is that I don't think that digital is something that is pushed aside traditional media what it's made his um, traditional media really focus on having a point of view and demonstrate that they have the knowledge to share with broader audiences so you now have this sort of three-way circle where designers are talking to the publications for the the, the credible view but also uh, sort of very credibly sharing their own view directly with their customers um, and with their fans. Amazing it's I mean it's ugh,
1: I, I, could, I could I feel like I could talk to you all day Caroline honestly. <laughs> this is so Don't cool. send it's me like, back to work let's know, talk more. I know I really <laughs> just want to like just 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 sit here and just chat shop like all day long sorry for you it's probably you know you like yeah okay okay but it's so it honestly it's so fascinating for us um listening listening to what you have to say um another thing i want to touch on and you sort of mentioned really lightly in your last conversation there about the front row yeah of course we had a very uh, prominent face on the front row last year <laughs> during fashion week of course i'm talking about the wonderful queen yeah um queen elizabeth yeah the queen she was at fashion week for the very first time um Okay, so, so how? Let's go into how. How <laughs> did this happen, Caroline? Tell us how you got the Queen to attend the Richard Quinn show. So we
2: have been talking to the Queen's uh, team mm-hmm. since her 90th birthday. And, um, I mean, she's just such a fantastic icon. And I don't know if you ever got to see the exhibition at Buckingham Palace of sort of her dress through her reign so far. And she has challenged so many norms in the way that women dressed, um, that uh, whether it was from sort of the traditional military dress that she had to have created through to what she'd wear riding through. And actually... You know, when you sort of see the images at the time is that you probably don't recognise the nods that they're given culturally or even to fashion at those moments. And she's been such an icon uh, that, and of course, such a fantastic fashion ambassador and cultural ambassador, as well as, you know, um, a fantastic ambassador for our country, is um it, you know We were just so keen to find something to do with her. And we didn't quite manage it during her 90th year, but kept talking. Um, and she has an incredible lady that works with her, who's her dresser, called um, Angela Kelly. And um, it was with Angela's support that actually we came up with the idea that there would be a Queen Elizabeth II award that would be for sustainability, but also community. So it needs to be a designer that's incredibly creative, but that either looks at sustainability in their work or impacts on the community or preferably both. Right. Um, and Richard Quinn um, at the time was selected to be the winner because not only does he have these fantastic prints and collections, uh, but he also uh, sort of shares the facility, the printing facility that he has with lots of other businesses, with young designers, with students. And we were hearing all of these stories that would come from whether it's a young designer or a young college student that had been to Richard and he'd helped them and yet he was so early in his own career that it just seemed a fantastic opportunity to be able to um, award him but he only found out I think it was two weeks before.
1: That must have been the longest two weeks of his life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was and we had um, you know you can imagine signing an NDA with the palace is that it's one that you don't ever want to break. Absolutely. So up until the morning of the event is that other than about four people Richard being one of them and the Queen being another is that no one else knew they knew that a senior wow. member of the royal family was going to come to fashion week but I think everyone thought it I mean, was yeah I one of the others
1: absolutely
2: um oh and so it wasn't till that morning that I could even share with my team and the security and everything else and yes it was just like electricity I ran bet. through the building it was a fantastic fantastic thing and actually when I walked into the show venue with the Queen is that you can see people looking as if to go? That's got to be a lookalike. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, is that her? I know who that yeah. looks like. But am I really looking at
1: Queen Elizabeth II? I know. it was an incredible moment and an absolute privilege. Did you guys have any sort of you know some chit chat, some girls' chat? Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you t- What do you talk to the Queen about? I wouldn't. I would never know what to. I would never know. So I think I just stare at her. <laughs> You probably think i was crazy she was very easy to talk to
2: i mean she's oh, done that all of her life is putting people at ease and make it easy to talk to but she, she was
1: like such a
2: sweetheart she was we were talking about richard we were talking about the prince um oh, yes Lovely. is that uh obviously she had um, a, a wedding coming up last year
1: so talked a bit about the wedding Oh my god. Uh, yes so you know oh my god that's is- I mean, yeah. Any wedding chat's amazing, but to talk about yeah, the wedding of Prince Harry is pretty awesome too. <laughs> One of the biggest events that happened here last year. Oh my! Wow, it was a big year last
2: year. It was, wasn't a, big it? It was a big year. Big year last really
0: year. Big, big royal year, year in fashion <laughs> last year. Yeah.
1: So Caroline, in recent months, it was announced that the uh, BFC would be partnering with the Chinese fashion trade show On Time Show, which um, is during Shanghai Fashion Week, right? Um, So it's been described as an important opportunity to propel their business development. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Okay, so back in September, we launched our China partnership strategy with the one and only Mr. David Beckham, who has an incredible following in China. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that is that we secured funding for the GQ Menswear Fund with the British Fashion Council and other the partnerships for fashion weeks. Uh, since then, we've been really building uh, partnerships. Um, network which will give easy access to designer businesses to the Chinese market. It's a huge market and can be quite daunting Mm -hmm. so having a filtered group of uh, media communications experts, retailers partners that you can go in with is incredibly important and so On Time Show is just an extension of that partnership strategy and they were fantastic to work with Um, incredible to see um, and uh, gave us a fantastic position for our design right at the front of one of the halls and it was incredible for the designers that were participating to um, not only meet of course retailers from all different regions in China but also the media and the creatives that go to the shows to uh, to meet everybody Um, It's an exciting year in China is that there's lots of uh, fun things happening, is that days are launching in China later this year. And so it feels like a really good time for British fashion. And the fact that we've been continually going back um, at least two, if not three times a year, hosting events, partners, um, uh, networks, insight, um, you know, really creating those bond friendships and partnerships is really starting to pay dividends. So, um, yeah, next to
1: be model agencies. (laughs) <laughs> amazing <laughs> amazing amazing um so do you think it's um, more important for us to nurture upcoming british talent in fashion and seek to encourage them to expand in our own market as opposed to having them shift their vision brand um internationally for example or is, or, or is this ultimately what we want for british brands Well I think a lot of the businesses that we work with,
2: Mm -hmm. um, designer fashion businesses, will have um, a small group of retailers in the UK that Mm -hmm. they work with Um, but a lot of their vision is to work with the best in the UK and the best internationally Mm -hmm. and that's the department stores, uh, the concept stores, the really fantastic independent retailers Mm -hmm. um, around the world and for the designers is those are sort of their partners in different markets they're not only there to sell their collections to their customers but they're their best advocates for their brand and uh, are a fantastic marketing arm for them as well so that when they start to go in direct to consumer that they already have these great partners who build brand awareness who've helped sort of curate a fantastic consumer fan base in market that can help them grow and um, of course is that we're very proud of the retailers that we have in the UK and certainly around Fashion Week a lot of the international retailers when they come to the UK not only come to see the collections but they come to check out what yeah. the stores are doing because they're so forward thinking um, and our stores are incredibly supportive of British designers but in order for them to grow you have to remember we're a small island yeah. in order for them to grow is that they
1: export yeah. and um, and they do it very well Yeah, thank you <laughs> It has been so interesting talking to you and I and you know and to be honest it's, it's been really inspirational and I really do hope that people that are listening to this podcast actually do feel the same I, I can't imagine they would feel anything other but um <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for your time Caroline I thank you I've really precious. enjoyed it good 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 yes yeah. thank you thanks <laughs> For listening to the model podcast brought to you by Models One and Studio Seventy One, hit subscribe and if you like the show, leave us a review. See you next time. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June.